0: All right, so today we are talking about grateful generosity, all right? Uh, We are continuing on in our gratitude series, and we're talking about generosity today and the connection that generosity has with gratitude. All right, so because uh, Giving Tuesday is next week, little pop quiz uh, for you, how many of you think people gave less last year during Giving Tuesday in 2020? How many of you think people gave less last year? The first Giving Tuesday of COVID. Okay, Diana, okay, who else? Okay, Emily, okay. And how many of you think people gave more during Giving Tuesday last year in 2020? Okay. And I'm guessing the other people who didn't raise your hand uh, don't know, have no idea. So that's why you didn't vote. Okay. Well, here's the answer. Go to the picture, please. Giving Tuesday, a record-breaking day. An astonishing 2. Almost 2.5 billion dollars was donated to U.S. nonprofits and charities uh, last year. Okay, in 2020, uh, according to Giving Tuesday Incorporated. I had no idea that there was a corporation, (laughs) a nonprofit organization called Giving Tuesday, who started this whole trend, apparently. Um, Yeah, so uh, there was a 29% increase in donations given in 2020 on Giving Tuesday than in 2019. That's shocking to me. I was shocked. I totally thought during COVID uh, people would give less. But uh, quite the opposite happened, where people gave more to charity. Now. Um, this article uh, doesn't explain why people gave more. Okay, just the fact that like um, people gave more, and because it's kind of impossible to know the motivation behind why people gave more, right? But if you were to guess, why do you think people gave more in twenty twenty than in previous years? If, if anyone were to guess,
1: people were struggling. So what is the connection with giving if they're struggling, in your opinion? They're just more open to Oh, oh, okay, okay. So they saw that other people were
0: hurting and struggling, and so they uh, sympathized with them and so which caused them to want to give more. Okay, yeah, because. 2020 was a really hard year <laughs> yeah okay good that is actually really good reasoning okay what else
1: mm-hmm Mhm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh
0: because there was so much pain and hurt uh with like uh racial tension and like hate crimes and the messiness of the elections. Do you guys remember remember how messy the elections were and uh so they wanted to feel better so they wanted to give okay there's actually like a lot there that we can unpack but um i want to hear from other people
1: what are okay emily yes they felt bad for other people and that's it (laughs) they feel bad for which made them want to give more okay Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So like they never really uh it was like they realized how privileged they were when they're not the ones who are um the victims of hate crimes or like police brutality. Right. And so that just made them realize, Oh, I'm very privileged. And so I should help out a little bit. That's what you're saying. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of truth to that. Um, wow. Your answers are a lot more profound than what I was thinking. I was just thinking because people spent less money in 2020 (laughs) and they traveled less and they spent less. And so they're like, Oh, I have some money near the end of the year to give away. So I'll just give some money away. But, um, (laughs) that just shows you like how maybe frugal i am (laughs) and where my mind is but uh yeah all of uh, what you what you all are saying makes total sense um but there's one thing that uh emily said um that it kind of stands out to me is that like um uh they just wanted to feel a little bit better so they gave money away and there's like so much truth to that and i i read this article on vox do you guys know the website vox vox Okay, there's a lot of articles and uh, op-eds on-, on there, but there was this one study done here um, uh, performed uh, by Dr. Christina Carnes. She is a neuroscientist at University of Oregon. And she realized that giving thanks may be- make your brain much more altruistic, okay? Which means the more grateful you are, generally speaking, the more generous you are and the more kind you are to other people. Okay, and the more charitable you are. Dr. Christina Carnes uh, performed a study on the effects of gratitude on the brain. Okay, the purpose of this was not to study generosity. The purpose of this was to study gratitude. Okay, and what she discovered and she studied hundreds of individuals and performed various tests around this theme of gratitude. And in one test, she set up two groups of people. Uh, one group had to write. Uh, both groups of people wrote in journals almost every day. Okay, but in one group, she said, "Write something that you're grateful for every day in your journal." I don't. Re- it doesn't matter anything else you write, but just make sure you write one thing you're grateful for every day. All right. And then the other group, she said, "Write in your journal every every day, but just like tasks that you have to do, upcoming events, or um, things you have to take care of." All right but she really didn't focus on gratitude on with the other group. So both groups journaled one group focused on gratitude and the other group uh, did not. And then after a month of uh, the participants doing this, she connected their brains to like these brain scanners because she's a neuroscientist and she found out that the participants who journaled gratitude regularly every day felt a greater sense of reward. Apparently there's this, part in the front of your brain that factors risk and reward. And uh, that part was a lot more active uh, in the participants who wrote something that they're grateful for every day. Uh, And this is a quote from this article. A region deep in the frontal lobe of the brain called the ventromedial prefrontal cortex (laughs) is key to supporting both risk and reward it's richly connected to even deeper brain uh, regions that provide a kick of pleasurable neurochemicals in the right circumstances. So in other words, gratitude makes life more fulfilling and more rewarding. Uh, And what's also interesting is that Dr. Christine Carnes found a deep connection in the brain between gratitude and generosity. So in grateful, uh, in general, what I shared earlier, uh, is that grateful people tend to be more generous, more altruistic, and more forgiving than people who are not. She found, uh, and this is another quote from this article, studies found that the participants felt far more inner reward when the, oh, 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 and this is, um, um, she was referencing another study that was performed by UC Berkeley in 2017, all right? In this 2017 uh, study, uh, they studied the effects of generosity in the brain. Sub- test subjects were uh, had their brains connected to brain scanners. And these participants were given real money, okay, actual money. And they said you could either wire this money to your personal bank account or to a charity. And those people who wired this money, uh, and they were totally given the option to do that, the freedom to do that. All right. The people who wired this money to their own personal bank account felt a moderate level of reward, but the people who donated this money to a charity of their choice felt a greater sense of reward. Oftentimes, like they would look at the brain scanners and they would feel either double or triple the sense of reward than those who just had their, <laughs> that money connect, just given to their own bank account, which is really, really surprising So that old adage that Jesus said 2,000 years ago, it literally is better to give than to receive. It literally is better to give than to receive. But there's one thing that we have to um, take note of, okay? And the point that I'm trying to make in today's message is not that we should be more generous so that we could feel better about ourselves, okay? Okay. Feeling better about ourselves and feeling a greater sense of reward is one of the many uh, great, wonderful outcomes, fruits of generosity. But generosity has to come as an overflow of gratitude. Okay, so this is the central truth for today. Gratitude naturally overflows to generosity. Gratitude naturally overflows to generosity. Um if you have your bibles would you go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 6 through 15 and if you don't have
1: your bibles it's going to be up here okay 2 Corinthians 9 6 through 15 Remember this whoever sows sparingly will also
0: reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor, the service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of the service by which you have proved yourselves men and women will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else and in your prayers in their prayers for you their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace god has given you thanks be to god for his indescribable gift amen now let's pray lord as we reflect on this passage and as we look um deep into our own hearts would you reveal uh the sense of privilege or maybe uh entitlement that we might have thinking that the money that's in our bank accounts the blessings that we have in our lives are solely a result of our own hard work. Lord, you are the ones, uh, you are the one who has given us our talents. You are the one who has given us the ability to work and you are the ones who have positioned us in our lives so that we're able to Um, make a living for ourselves and so lord with every gift that you have given to us help us to return it back to you in gratitude and may that overflow in generosity in the name of the father son and holy spirit we pray amen amen all right so today we are looking at the book of second corinthians all right this is the second letter that apostle paul wrote to a church in the great city of corinth now the city of corinth was the second largest city in the world and in the first century when Paul wrote this letter. Okay? It's second only to Rome. Right? Rome was the largest city in the world. And then the city of Corinth was the second largest city in the world. Now, the thing that makes Corinth unique is that it is a large port city. And it was located on this like narrow strip of land called an Isthmus. And they had two ports, one on the north and one on the south. And so different people from all over the world, literally, would come in and out of this city, and the city has become kind of like a hodgepodge of different cultures, different languages, different religions, and they have all influenced the mentality, the lifestyle, and the culture that existed in Corinth in the first century. Now, the reason why I mention all of this is because everyone in the church in the city of Corinth, okay, so pretty much every Christian that lived in the city of Corinth still thought and lived their way, their way of life as a Corinthian, and one of the things that they believed about themselves, about, about uh, any blessing that they had in their lives, was that they were, uh, any money or possession that they had was a direct result of God's blessing, or if they were pagan, Uh, the God's blessing upon them. And they deserved everything that they had. If people were born rich, then they were favored by the gods. If people were born born poor, then they were cursed by the gods. And so rich people uh, were blessed by the gods. And so they should be rich for the rest of their lives. Poor people were cursed by the gods and they must have done something uh, in their previous life, or maybe their parents done something. Uh, to curse their own children, and so if you were born poor, you are cursed by the gods, and you have to stay poor forever, and so Paul is trying to uh, change this mentality, okay, and then, you know, one of the reasons why he wrote these kinds of letters to the church in the first century in different cities across um, the world is because he wanted to try to change their mentality from, like, their previous, like, pagan way of thinking into, like, a Christ-like Christian way of thinking. And so he starts this passage. uh, This uh, and he starts today's passage by saying, "Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously." Ultimately, what Paul is saying is that you will reap what you sow. If you are kind, if you are generous with other people, God will be kind and generous to you. Okay, he's not talking about karma. Okay, and this is different from karma. He's talking about cause. And outcome okay uh and this is coming from someone and and if you don't know like apostle paul's background you have to remember that uh this apostle paul used to be like a main persecutor of the church and he grew up very privileged he came from an aristocratic family and he was highly educated and he was from like a very very upper class in society and he used to think very much like a corinthian did and so he knew what it was like to have a lot of money and what it's like to have little money and he knew what it was like to have a lot of power and to have very little power in society right and when he's writing this letter he is like dirt poor. <laughs> okay. He's traveling from town to town. Okay. He, he doesn't have like a home of his own. And uh, he just, he, he became, he transitioned his job from an aristocrat to a tent maker, which is a blue collar job, L- literally like making tents. And so he's really, when he's talking about like uh, if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you will reap generously. He's talking about something much more profound and much deeper than simply money. Okay? He's talking about spiritual blessings. And in every situation, he promises that if you give generously, God will take care of you. If you give generously, God will take care of you. And then this is like coming from firsthand experience. Okay, he's sacrificed so much as a a man of God, and as a missionary, and as an apostle, and God has taken care of him every single step of the way. And he knows what it's like to grow up rich and to have a lot of money. And he's saying this way is better. This way of living that I am encouraging you to live is better. And if we live lives of gratitude, ultimately, Uh, it should flow out in generosity okay this is what he's saying at the end of today's passage he said uh let's see let's read from uh verse 13 because of the service by which you have proved yourselves men and women will praise god for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Ultimately, if we live lives of gratitude, it should flow out naturally in generosity. And there are three main ways that uh, grateful generosity can look like. Okay, first, grateful generosity flows out in charity. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Grateful generosity flows out in charity. Now, we definitely want charity to be part of our DNA as a church. Okay. Even though we are a new church and we're a small church, there are ways that we can give. And that's what we've been trying to practice. Okay. And part of the reason why we do things like this is because we're grateful. Okay. Like I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. I'm grateful that we have some money in our church bank account. Okay. We don't have a lot, but we have some money and we could give some of that money away. Okay. I'm grateful that like, I can be a pastor of this church part-time and I could also be a chaplain at a hospital. Okay. And because of our gratitude, like I want our church to give. Right. And it's not like no one's forcing me to do this. Like we could still be a functioning church and a healthy church. And uh, and not give any money away, but that just doesn't feel right to me. Okay, so this is why we encourage everyone to donate to our Haiti earthquake relief fund. Uh, This is why, um, like last month, we uh, gave a good chunk of change to uh, a Romanian family because to, to help repair their roof. Okay, this is why we are participating in angel tree this year next month. Okay, because uh, there are families locally that um, who, one of their parents is in prison, and they might not be able to receive Christmas gifts from this parent. And so, we want to be able to help out with that. Not because we have tons of money, or because like we're um, we want to like uh, feel like better about ourselves. It's because we're grateful. We're grateful for everything that God has given us, and so we want to give back. And I was. Thinking about this and there are churches out there who are not very charitable um there are churches out there that don't get involved in other charities um or you know if if they do give it's like uh their own thing and (laughs) it's a way of making themselves look better right it's not like real charity you guys know what i'm talking about okay Uh, i'm i'm sorry if i sound cynical um I think uh, just the older I get, I just become more and more cynical, but I'm still grateful. (laughs) I'm a grateful cynic. Um, And I was thinking about this and like, I hate to say this. Okay. And this sounds really, really blunt and judgmental, but a church without charity is like straight up. It's a business. right. Am I wrong? Right. Church without charity is like a straight up business. And if you visit our church someday, and for the people who have visited our church in the past, and they end up going to another church, you know, God bless you, like, go ahead, but please <laughs> go to a church that is charitable, okay? Because church that is not charitable, is it's a straight-up business, right? And then it's just a way of, like, having everyone, like, pay the pastor's salary or to pay for a bigger facility, or to pay for like, um, a bigger profit. Okay. If, if, if a church is not charitable, that's a huge red flag. Okay. That's a huge red flag. So you want the community to, that you're a part of, to be a reflection of your own values, right? So if you want your community to be charitable, then also, I hope that that is your value and that you are also charitable. And, but God God promises something. Okay. Uh, if you, live a life of charity, okay, if you live a life of generosity and altruism, God will take care of you, you will be lacking in nothing, and this goes back all the way to Proverbs, okay, Proverbs 28 verse 27 says this, those who give to the poor will lack nothing, those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses, Instead of saying, um, okay, so it says, those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses, okay? Instead of saying, those who give to the poor lack nothing, but those who are greedy will receive many curses. That's not what this passage says, okay? Oftentimes, people who are not charitable, simply, they want to do this, (laughs) okay? It's not because, like, they think to themselves, like, no, I'm gonna hoard it all, They're like I'm just gonna be greedy. Oftentimes it's because they don't want to sympathize with those who are hurting. They don't want to see others who are in need, they just want to close their eyes, cover their ears, la 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 la. <laughs> like there's no one hurting around me, right? And maybe this is part of the reason why um people gave so much last year, is because it was undeniable, right? The pain, the poverty, the discrimination the racism that was like right in front of their eyes was undeniable and so they, they couldn't help but give right they couldn't help but give and god promises us that those who give to those in need will lack nothing another way that grateful generosity flows is through tithing grateful generosity flows out in tithing now um there you go um now i honestly i like cringe whenever i talk about tithing i just i don't know i just i just feel icky (laughs) um but to be honest like uh giving tithes and offerings like which is like uh, you know giving some of your income to your community to the church it is important all right it is important and part of the reason why maybe i feel gross when i talk about tithing uh, that's my own personal issue and I don't know why Um, but I do believe in tithing okay I do believe wholeheartedly in tithing I've been doing it like faithfully since I was in college and I don't say that as a way of bragging but you know I'll come around to that um, why it's important for me personally uh, because like I, I just I, I mostly do it and have been doing it forever because um, I'm grateful <laughs> Honestly, like I I give tithes regularly because I'm just grateful for the life that I have. And giving tithes and offerings should never be done out of obligation. Tithes and offerings should always be given out of a grateful heart. So if you are grateful to God for the life that you have, then there is no reason why you should not tithe. Now, technically, the word tithe means 10%, okay, 10% of your first fruits, and that's like a kind of a biblical um, philosophy, all right, uh, and first fruits means, uh, well, just to get a little technical, it means gross income, not net income, okay, gross incomes means like pre-tax, not post-tax, all right, but that's not like what I want to get fixated on today, it's mostly like tithing out, uh, out of uh, an overflow of your gratitude that's in your heart, Okay, Uh, give what is like reflected in your heart. Okay, if you're if you're very grateful, then I hope that your tithe will reflect that. As long as you have enough to live (laughs) comfortably. Okay, don't don't give a hundred percent of your income. That's stupid. Uh, (laughs) That's like reckless. All right. Um, So more important than the amount or percentage uh, of your income is your heart. Whatever amount or percentage of your earnings that you make, um, do you want to give it with a cheerful heart? Okay, and this is what it says in the beginning of today's passage. In verse 7, it says, everyone should give what he has decided in her heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. God doesn't need your money okay and our community if like none of you tithe okay i'm gonna still continue to do fundraising all right outside of our church okay that's to be completely honest with you that's like the main reason why our church is still here is because like other churches other individuals who believe in what we're doing who believe in our community um they're that's what they do to do all right so god doesn't need your money okay and uh If you think you should tithe because our community needs it, uh, well, we kind of do, but we'll be okay even without it, all right? So ultimately, what's most important is that you give out of a cheerful heart. Um, And uh, if you can't tithe because you have financial struggles or anything like that, Then, uh, then you probably have bigger problems than <laughs> not being able to tithe uh, because it's not about your money, okay? It's about your heart. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is what Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, money is our treasure. It's one of our treasures, right? And you will invest your treasure on the things that you care about. Okay, you will invest your treasure in the things that you care about. Obviously, you invest your treasure probably in your home towards your rent or your mortgage because you care about uh, your your quality of life, okay, and you care about your family and taking care of your family, all right? If you put all your money in um, <laughs> uh, paying for <laughs> a season pass at Disneyland, that's probably where your heart is. You're really passionate. <laughs> about Disneyland and going to Disneyland like every week or whatever, all right? Uh, and so if you are passionate and then you do love your community, then your, your treasure, your money should reflect that as well. But we do have more than simply our money as our treasure, right? We have our own selves, right? We have our own selves. And so there's the last thing that we know about grateful generosity uh, is that it flows out in being. Grateful generosity flows out in being. If you don't have money to give, you always have yourself to give. You have have so much within your own abilities, within your capacity that you can give to your neighbors in need, to others in need. You have your physical health, okay? If you have a body that can move, maybe you can help by serving somehow. You have time. All right, you can give your time to your neighbors in need. You have ears, okay? And, and you could listen to others in need. You have so much that you can give to others more than you realize that are be- way more beyond monetary things.
1: In closing, I wanted to share um, this one book.
0: It's a children's book um, we keep this book in our, uh, hospital, uh, our, our, um, chaplain's office has a little library. And so I, I stole this from, okay, I borrowed it, all right. Uh, from our chaplain's office. And I, it's just a really, really beautiful book. And after I read it for you, um, you'll understand why it's in our chaplain's library. Okay. Is it okay if we close with this? All right. Um, oh, and, uh, I took pictures of it. So, you know, because just doing it from here, it's it's gonna be hard to see. So I'll read it and you could just follow along, okay? This book is called The Rabbit Listened. And I'll probably read it to you like I read it to my kids. Well, I don't really read to Emily anymore, but the way I read it to my son, Drew. All right. One day, Taylor decided to build something,
1: something new, something special, something amazing. Taylor was so proud, but then out of nowhere, things came crashing down. The chicken was the first to notice. Cluck, cluck. What a shame. I am so sorry, sorry, sorry this happened. Let's talk, talk, talk about it. Cluck, cluck. But
0: Taylor didn't feel like talking, so the chicken left.
1: Next came the bear. Roar! roar, how horrible. I bet you feel
0: so angry. Let's shout about it.
1: Grr! Rawr, rawr! But Taylor didn't feel like shouting. So the bear left. The elephant knew just what to do. Trumpedah! I can fix this.
0: We just need to remember exactly the way things were. But Taylor didn't feel like remembering. So the elephant also left. One by one, they came. The hyena, hee <laughs> hee, let's laugh about it. The ostrich,
1: gulp, let's hide and pretend nothing happened.
0: The kangaroo, tisk tsk, what a mess. Let's throw it all away. The snake, shh, <laughs> let's go down somebody else's. But Taylor didn't feel like doing anything with anybody. So eventually, they all left
1: until Taylor was alone. In the quiet, Taylor didn't even notice the
0: rabbit, but it moved closer and closer until Taylor could feel its warm body.
1: Together, they sat in silence until Taylor said, please stay with me. The rabbit listened. The rabbit listened as Taylor talked.
0: The rabbit listened as Taylor shouted. The rabbit listened as Taylor remembered and laughed. The rabbit listened to Taylor's plans to hide, to throw everything away, to ruin things for someone else. Through it all, The rabbit never left. And when the time was right, the rabbit listened to Taylor's plan to build again. I can't wait, Taylor
1: said. It's going to be amazing.
0: If this little rabbit can give so much to Taylor, imagine how
1: much you can give to your neighbor in need. Let's pray. Lord, help us to give. Help us to listen. Help us to help others in need. Help us to be generous people. Not of not out of obligation
0: or guilt or compulsion, but out of gratitude. When we reflect on all the ways that you have given to us and continue to give to us, how can can we not give to others? We thank you for your love. We thank you for your generosity towards us. And And in turn, in gratitude, we help us to give to others. We thank you. We love you. In the name
1: of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. All right. Have a blessed week, everyone.